Today on the Have Form, we're back to talk about an actually fun team. 12 games into the Martin Saint-Louis era of the Montreal Canadiens. I'm, I'm actually enjoying watching the Canadiens again. And it's 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 I just it's unbelievable the transition it's been. So we're gonna talk about how the team has done, which players are doing the best under uh Martin Saint-Louis. I think I mean obviously lots to say about uh about Cole Caulfield, uh, but I mean, just just some positives. It's, it's it's so nice to be able to do an episode and talk about some positives. So talk about that, and of course, trade deadline is around the corner. I mean, I think we're all waiting for the trades to happen. Ben Chirot, still a Montreal Canadian for some reason, but that trade should be coming soon. But we're going to talk about if anyone else should really be moved on the Montreal Canadiens, uh, uh, because there's some players that I, I I'm starting to think I want to hold on to them because they're playing pretty well and. You know, I think a lot of people maybe weren't playing as as well because of the previous uh, coaching situation. Of course, as always, got some Twitter questions at the Habs Forum on Twitter. If you have yours, you want us to answer them, talk about some prospects. We'll talk about the Rocket maybe a little bit quickly too. But uh, yeah, Dustin, let's get right into it. So the Canadians don't exactly have an insane record under St. Louis. So Farmers seven wins, five losses. They're almost exactly in the middle. They're fifteenth overall in uh, points percentage since St. Louis took over. But man, is it, are the games so much more fun to watch. It's crazy. Exactly. I mean, uh, well, yeah, okay. I mean, it's not the, not the most amazing record, 7-5, and five, but it's hell of a lot better than it was under Duchamp. Oh, 100%. And, 100%. And I mean, you know, like, like we've talked about in the in the last podcast, uh, you know, it, it, even when, even if they're not winning, you know, the, not not every game, but even the games they lose. I mean, they put up a fantastic effort. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's what you want to see. And and you know, I mean, you touched on it there in the intro. It all a lot of players. I mean, obviously, basically everybody was having a terrible season at the beginning of the year under Duchamp, and so many players have turned it around. I mean, I don't think you can th- really think of one player that was better under Duchamp than he than than under Saint Louis. So. The, the only player that doesn't seem to have had a, any sort of kind of shift in his performance is Armia. Armia just kind of like, yeah. I don't know. He, why did he sign in Montreal if he didn't want to play here? Like, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> like, he would have been able to get a contract elsewhere. Like, he just seems so checked out. Like, I don't I don't know. I I, I just, and, and, and like, there really doesn't seem to have been a change at all. And uh, he, as always, has those flashes here and there. But uh, Aside from that, just I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't get it. Like you said, everyone else is, is is doing better under like only one player that wouldn't say is necessarily doing better, but it's because he he was one of the few players that was looking pretty good under Deshaun is uh, Rem Pitlick, who's still looking fantastic yeah. under Saint Louis, but it's probably just because uh, Deshaun didn't have as much time to ruin Rem Rem Pitlick, so maybe <laughs> maybe that's why he was playing so much better. That's true. I remember when we were doing the podcast when the Joel Armia. A contract was announced, and I told you that was going to be a terrible contract. You and, say a lot. Here of we things, are, Dustin. Okay. Oh I mean, my god. A <laughs> lot of a lot of right things. <laughs> oh, do you do you say a lot of right things? I, I'm sure you've said a lot of wrong things, but you like you, you just you just only remember the right the the the, the right ones. Like, what's his contract? Three point four for four years. I mean, I, it's it's probably too many years. I mean, three point four is not crazy as as far as the salary goes. I mean, you have to understand where the cap is. It's just, I just, I, I, I don't get Army. He's, he did so well in the playoffs. I don't know. I just, he's such a mystery to me. But the thing is, a guy like him, if the the team wants to move on from him, I don't think they would have a hard time trading him away, even with that contract. 
Ah, man. It, yeah, I, I don't think there's going to be too many teams that are uh, that are lining up to get Armia for sure. Uh, and it, it is he's such a frustrating player because I mean, like you said, I mean, there, there's we've seen like throughout his tenure with the Habs. I mean, what he's he must have been here at least like three or four seasons now. Like when he's on his game, he can be a really, really solid player. But man, the, those games are far and few between. I mean, even even more so as of late. But you know, it's, it's, it's far it's between. What's wrong with you? Man, I knew I said it wrong. I said it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, he's he's it's yeah, it, it, it's yeah. He he doesn't seem to be putting any effort in whatsoever, and. And, yeah, like, it really, here's the thing, like, for the first half of the year, or, like, not the first half, but, like, just the whole Jashom tenure, like, I'm honestly, anyone who played poorly during, like, that part of the season, I I hold nothing against them. I don't blame them. Clearly, there was lots wrong uh, with the team, uh, and, like, there, there, there's a reason why almost literally everyone was uh, was performing worse than now, but for there to be no shift whatsoever with uh with the changes but like you said because i think you misunderstood me I, I you said you don't think people teams would be lining up i don't necessarily think teams would be lining up but i don't think army would be a difficult player to trade away if the canadians did want to move on from them really oh boy yeah i, I just uh, like I, I that that contract number is not that bad and here's the thing you can always find a gm that thinks he can fix the big body skilled like player like you, you, you see those guys get moved all the time. Like I'm not saying the Canadians would get some some crazy assets for him. I'm just saying if, if the Canadians don't, they just want to move on from him. They think he needs a fresh start somewhere else, and they just kind of want to get rid of the of the contract. I, I don't think that would be hard. I don't think it's like a situation where they have to sweeten the deal and all that. And it's just I I I think it'd be I I think it's possible. I mean maybe not. Maybe just the fact that the term right now is a bit like a bit long, but like if if next year it's not getting better and they want to move on from him, like I, I could see it happening. But anyways, I mean, the, why are we focusing on the negatives when we, just, we I started the podcast saying there's so many <laughs> positives to talk about? But I mean, the the most obvious one, and it's it's absolutely like honestly, if the only thing that had happened from this coaching change is Cole Caulfield turning it around, I still would have been for it. it, 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 it that alone is reason enough for me to be excited about St. Louis as, as being a go- coach long-term. But like, it, it's, it's like I, I, I was hopeful he'd do better, but it's, it's beyond that. He's averaging over a point per game in the 12 games under Deshaun. 15 points in 12 games, 7 goals, 8 assists. Like Even the assists are racking up, and he's making some nice... like he, That assist he had on the on the goal, the, the Brent Pitlick goal, uh, late in the game yesterday, was a beautiful pass. Like That's not even something we saw some, from him as much last year when, when he was doing a bit better. He's really developing into a complete player. And what's even more exciting about it, but maybe not more exciting, obviously the goals is the most exciting, is seeing that he's actually getting ice time. And like, and St. Louis is rewarding the players that deserve to be rewarded, right? Like Nick Suzuki was getting a lot of ice time with Jashom too, because Nick Suzuki is just that guy that clearly doesn't matter the coach. Everyone loves him. He gets those minutes. He can play in every situation. You love to see it. But then number two forward on the Canadians, well, it's technically Toffoli, but obviously he's gone now, only played three games. But number two forward in ice time since St. Louis took over is Cole Caulfield. And that's something we haven't seen in Montreal. And such like the fact that the top two 
forward ice time like getters or however you should say that are two kids and including Caulfield who's a rookie that's just that's just amazing that's just you just you just love to see it and that's exactly what I think a lot of fans have wanted even the fans that understood that maybe this was going to be kind of a transition year at least play the kids and let them grow you know yeah I mean you know that that's what it should have been almost from the start of the season. I mean, yep. you know, this, this season should have been about progressing some of these young kids and, and obviously, I mean, Caulfield, you, he's the guy that you want to be a, a huge part of, of the Canadians future. And, you know, obviously wasn't working out under Duchamp. He, he seemed to have lost his confidence. Just nothing was going right for him. And, you know, the, the, you know, with a new coach, I mean, when he shows confidence in you like that, especially for a young player, yeah. it's, it's going to make a huge difference. And I'm trying to think because we've seen this before, in, in, in not even just in the NHL, in sports in general, where like a player just does better under a different coach. But this has to be one of the most drastic examples of that. It's just like he would be in the Calder conversation right now. He'd be one of the front runners in, for the Calder conversation. Maybe, maybe not number one because there's uh, what's his name, the defenseman in Detroit, having a crazy season yeah, too. Insider. Yeah, exactly. He's but basically already a number one defenseman. But like, that's always. Then you'd be having the conversation: Is it the points that are more important? You know, but we'd be having that like that one thing because like I was pretty pessimistic about the season going in, right? Like I didn't expect this team to make the playoffs. Didn't expect him to be the worst team in the NHL either. But what I was excited about, and I'm sure the same for a lot of Habs fans, is just. The caller race. I thought at least we'd have that to focus on. And I feel like Duchamp stole that away from us because <laughs> clearly Caulfield should be in the conversation right now. Had had like if it wasn't for because he would be if we're just looking at the 12 games under Santa week, he absolutely would be in the conversation. He's leading the like rookies in, in, in points per game since Duchamp took over uh, since uh, Saint Louis took over. It's it's incredible. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's unfortunate that he got off to uh, to such a bad season. I mean, you know, I, I think finally, you know, I, I don't think anybody really expected the Habs to be this bad at the beginning of the season, and and Caulfield obviously to 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 get off to the to the start that he got off to. But I mean, you know, I, I think we're finally see, under uh, understanding that we were finally seeing the Habs play up to to the level that they should be playing, right? I I think this is the the real Habs team that, um, that you know, well, I mean, I, that, that at least I, I would, would argue play. that the team right now, considering that there is still a massive amount of, in, of injuries on this team are, are actually playing a little bit, maybe above their heads. Cause they, they're, they, they, they seem to just love playing for, for St. Louis. Like I, I like, like the injuries are still crazy. Like it's it, like, we talk about how Dushan was like, it, it was bad and he was, but there was, there's, there's been so much that went wrong for the for this season and, and the group that's out there specifically the defensemen and, and to be winning as much as the, uh, they've been winning on, on their sane week because even though I did say they're they're basically a uh, a middle of the road team I mean that also includes saying we losing the first three games because he basically didn't have a chance to practice with the guys you know like so it's, you almost don't want to consider those those free those first three three losses right because it's you didn't really have time to implement anything. But uh, it's just, I mean, and like I said, just at least they're entertaining now. I mean, like it, 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 there was nothing I wanted to do less than watch the Montreal Canadiens play. It, like in, not even just towards the end, like 10, 10 games into the season, I was already over it. It was already oh, yeah. so clear it was going to be such a horrible season, and now I I I, I can't wait I can't I can't wait to watch the games. I I I have tickets to go see the the game on the twenty first. 
uh, against against Boston. And it's funny because this is a postponed game. Basically, my girlfriend got me tickets uh, for my birthday, which is December 31st. Uh, but the game was like 5th or 6th of January. And of course, like when I opened the gift, I was I acted all happy. But in the back of my head, I was like, oh, man, I don't want to go see this team live. I, I, I do not care about this uh, this at all. And she was laughing because I was like pretending. And then she was laughing. She's like, yeah, I've heard you watch the games. I had already bought the tickets and I could hear you yelling. I never want to watch this game again. But I'm so happy that game got postponed because the the, the team that I would have watched on January 6th, I think it was, it was, versus the team I'm going to see on March 21st, 21st, two completely different things. And I'm actually really, really excited to go see them live and in a packed arena on top of that. So it's just, it's just so great that we get to at least be excited about the team, especially now that the, like, the arena is open again and this West Coast road trip. I mean, how great is it to hear the go Habs go drowning out the other teams? That's always the best part of the West Coast road trips. I mean, it's it, it's too bad that the that like the the bubble years and all that like like the, because we played more against uh, Western teams, but there wasn't as many fans or all that. But I think it was against the Oilers. It was a part of the game where they would go, "Let's go Oilers," and then the Canadians would fans would respond just as loud with "Go Habs Go," so we just go, "Let's go Oilers, Go Habs Go." For like a couple of minutes, it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's so great to see the, the the city overall being more excited about the team. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's it's definitely an exciting time to be a Habs fan. I mean, you know, it's they, they're finally looks like they're on the right track here. The, a lot of these kids are, are finally coming around. Not just Caulfield, but I mean, even Suzuki's playing better. Romanov's being dipped, you know, playing pretty decent. Montambo is is he's I mean he's he's looking like a great waiver yeah. pickup. Yeah, uh, you know I mean hope hopefully maybe if if with Allen uh, or uh, with Hammond out now uh, maybe Primo can get into a game or two and hopefully he can bounce back too. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's definitely exciting. Obviously, I mean the trade deadline coming up in a few weeks. It's that uh, that's going to be interesting and you know hopefully you know it, uh, we might not end up getting the first overall pick like we thought we might uh, and that we were hoping we might but you know at the end of the day i mean it looks it at least at this point they're sort of on the right track and hopefully build some momentum going into next season so so what's what's your feeling on that cuz you, you'll see it on twitter like some fans are just like upset almost that they're winning and they'd rather be losing and 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 just the the the, the whole idea that you know the team is hurting themselves by 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 winning, and we sh- we should have just kept losing and all that. Like as we know, the players, the coaches, there's no such thing as tanking for them. There's there's no advantage for them to do it. Like Brendan Gallagher has never purposely lost a game in his life. Okay, and it's never gonna happen. Uh, but you know, we, we we you see it more maybe with management, the trades that are made and all that. Like what what's your feeling on that sense? Like are you still able to enjoy these wins as much, or are you starting to feel like you want to see them lose more, or you know, where do you yes. fall there? It's such a such a tough balance sometimes. Like you know, you want you want the games to be exciting, be close. Uh, you know, you you want to see them win every. You know, I mean, you you, you want to see them win, but but not too often, right? Yeah. As I mean, uh, you know, you you know now they're I think in second to last, if I'm not mistaken, right now. They they um, keep. You know, I'll, I'll I'll check right now. They keep alternating with uh, with the Coyotes because the Coyotes are actually winning some games uh, too, which is very nice of them. Um. But for me, I, I don't care. They're actually back in last place right now. So they they got 37 points, Coyotes 38, and Seattle 39. Uh, but uh, they have the fewest amount of wins, so you know they got the tiebreaker. That's good. Like, but uh, for, for me, I I I don't care anymore. It's just I'm 
I'm I'm gonna root for them to win nonstop. And here's the thing, like the the record under under Saint Louis is is seven and five, like I said, right? But it feels like they're playing amazing. So like realistically, they're probably not gonna do much better moving forward with the season than about what they've been they've done in the first twelve games of Saint Louis. Maybe a little bit better. And like at worst, with are are they gonna jump to fourth worse? But like. There's no guarantee that last overall gets the first overall pick anyways. And and not just that. I mean, it's it sounds like it's one of those drafts where, you know, the the guy drafted seventh overall might end up being the best player uh, drafted anyways. And at the end of the day, it's just, this is so much better. Like, I'm much happier at getting a worse draft pick, but Cole Caulfield finishing the season on fire and developing as a player of it because now he's not going to go through an entire offseason depressed and like asking himself if he's as good as, as he thought he was and if he, he actually can make it in the NHL and all. You know, like the, the, the value we get from these young players feeling good about their games and growing as players. And I, I obviously it's easy to talk about Caulfield, but like you said, the same thing for Romanov and all that. It, it's worth so much more to me than the, the extra like 5% percent percentage chance of getting the first overall pick or getting the second overall pick or, or, or whatever, you know? So I'm, I'm all for them to keep winning and I, I don't care. Just enjoy it. Don't, don't I like if like, I'm talking to fans, like don't, stress about them winning too many games just enjoy the ones they do and they're still gonna get a good pick it's not like we're in that situation we talked about at the beginning of the year because there's still the whole idea that if we're out of the top 10 then we can we don't get that first pick that's not happening they're they're not they're not getting out of the top 10 so we're fine we're totally fine no exactly and uh you know as long as hopefully they can at least get a top five pick i mean there's a lot of you know it's it's a solid really like top seven top eight um, you know, obviously Shane Wright would be fantastic, but uh, but I mean, you know, they're they're going to get a good player regardless. Exactly. And like you said, I mean, it's it's always a bit of a crapshoot anyway. But uh, you know, you want to have that winning culture, have have finish on a positive note, you know. And and at the same time, I mean, like with with the way that they're playing now, you know, they're an exciting team. Maybe you know we can we can start to 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 get maybe some free agents excited about coming to Montreal, possibly. Definitely. And the the thing that I think might like. A coach like St. Louis, I'm sure the coach of a team plays a huge part for a lot of players on where they want to sign, right? Because he's he's has such a direct impact on you know your day to day life. He's he's basically your your direct manager, you know, like he he really like determines ice time and all that. And and something that St. Louis has been doing a ton of. And I feel like it's you, you really get the feeling that you have a former player that right that kind of gets it. And and I feel like players really respect that. But he's really rewarding players that deserve it. And, and like, like Lekkanen and Pitlick had such a great game yesterday. So they were on the ice late in the game to try to tie it up. Like really, really like playing players based on, on merit. And that's, that, that's exactly what you want to see. If, if you were a player, right. That you recognize that. Okay. If, if, if I, if I put in the work, especially if you're like one of those kind of like guys that thinks they, they're better than maybe like what, what they've been offered and all that, you know, so it, it's just, I, I'm hopeful that this team will be able to, to maybe acquire more in free agency because, you know, maybe we've heard stuff about how the organization was run and all that. And like, maybe there is more to it than just the Montreal, the taxes and all that type of stuff. And maybe some of it was how the team was run was the reason why free agents didn't want to come here. Like I, who knows, but um, I'm, I'm kind of hopeful for that. And, and speaking of, of the Canadians, of, of St. Louis playing players that deserve it. So 
like I said, Suzuki and Caulfield, top two forwards in the ice time, right? Ignoring Tyler Toffoli, obviously. No surprise, Josh Anderson is third, right? Because that's that's the line that's been clicking. So they play a lot of minutes together. Can you guess who the fourth forward with the most ice time on average, like per game in the 12 games under San Luis is? Wait, who did you say? You said Suzuki, Caulfield, and Anderson? Yeah, so basically the first line, right? So they're the obvious top three. But then after the first line, who has the most minutes? Uh, is it Lekkonen? Lekkonen's close, but it's not him. No. Interesting. Uh, I don't know. Who is it? It's Rem Pitlick. Oh, really? And That's interesting. I love that because he deserves it. He deserves it. He, he works his butt off. He, he feels like one of those guys, like if, it feels like we, we, we found a Byron from like a few years ago on the waiver wire, right? Like that, that's going to turn out to be such a steal. I think like, I like they for sure that he's staying on the team, right? He's been such a solid, uh, addition to the team. I just, I, I just love the way he plays and I love, and I'm sure he's loving that the opportunity, he, he was given an opportunity. He, he performed and he's getting more ice time as a result, as it should be, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, uh, no, he, he's obviously looking like a fantastic waiver pickup. Like, I wonder what the record is for how, like, waiver claims by a team in a season. Like, the Canadians have got to be up there. Like, <laughs> Pitlick, yeah. Clagg, yeah. Montembeau. Yeah. Might be another one yeah. in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's, there, there, there's been more. But, I, I mean, part of that is just all the all the damn injuries, man. It's been, oh, for sure. It's, it's been so bad. But, yeah, the, after Pitlick, it's Hoffman and and, uh, and Lekkonen. Lekkonen's there, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I do really love Pitlick. I think I think that's that's one of the, the one of the bright spots for the season for sure. Like, I, I, I think he's going to end up being a still and being on the team for a while. Absolutely. I mean, he's got, uh, what, I think 24 points this season. He's, I think, 23 years old. I mean, that's that's a fantastic pickup. I mean, I have yeah, no I mean, idea why Minnesota let him go. but Same. And he, and I, I didn't even realize, and it, it made the rounds on Twitter uh, a few a few weeks ago that, that he was a rookie, right? Because if you look at the, the rookie scoring, he, he was like top 10 in rookie scoring. And I was and it's probably because he has he has his brother that's also in the NHL. I think it's his brother. So like so we've seen the Pitlick name in the NHL for a while. You know, like I think we're, maybe we're making associations like that. But but no, guys are rookie finally getting his shot, and uh, he's he's 24, and and he, he's making it work. He's making it work, and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a steal for the Canadians. Exactly the type of stuff you want to see. A team take advantage of when they have kind of the top waiver wire pickup because they're last in the league is pick up the, those kind of diamonds in the rough and, and like a guy like Rumpit like. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and, uh, you know, him, him and Montembeau. I mean, to get those two guys for free is is fantastic. I mean, definitely Pitlick is a guy that that they're going to have obviously going to resign and you know he could definitely be a, a pretty solid contributor to the you know third line for sure. But like you keep talking about Montembeau, but like at some point. The goaltenders are going to come back, right? Like, like Price has been playing a lot more, uh, practicing a lot more, I should say. Allen is, should come back eventually. So, like, what do you do with Montembeau? Like, do you hold on to three goalies? If you try to send Montembeau down the way he's been playing, does he get picked up? A hundred percent he gets picked right? up. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Well, at least this season. Um, you know, cause, I mean, I, th- I think there's a lot of teams that are hurting for, for goaltending. Yeah. 
But uh, I mean, you know, I've I've said this before. I, I'll believe it when I see it of, of Price coming back. I definitely don't think he's coming back this season. Yeah. Um, Allen, I mean, well, he's still out for a little while, right? He's been out for a long time. I but, f- uh, I feel like we don't get any news from Jake Allen. Like yeah. I I almost forget about him sometimes. Like I I really don't know what's going on with him either. But uh, but I mean, you know, I, he, I, I think maybe a couple days ago. Yeah. You know, maybe he's made uh, Jake Allen expendable for for next season. I mean, you know, yeah. it's, obviously, you know, it's it's who knows what's going to happen with Price. Is he going to come back? Is he is he done? Is he going to yeah. play for? Is he going to be traded? I mean, who who knows? I I I, I, I don't think at this point, like I, at this point, I don't see a, a team trading for Price and his contract after. Let, let's say he doesn't play for the rest of the season, and we're talking about an off season trade. Like, would anyone really take that risk? having not seen him play for a whole year like we're like at that point that the playoff performance is pretty far right so you got to think price starts the year in montreal next year and 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 is ready to go for the beginning of the season and then it's kind of between like like you said jake allen or 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 multabu you'd think jake allen if the team wants to stick to multabu they'd be able to find a a uh like a a place for him but at the same time allen's has been really solid in his time in montreal so so I don't know. It's 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 a curious situation. And 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 how about like we haven't talked about Andrew Hammond? I feel so bad for Hammond, man. He comes in, plays amazing, and I, I, like after years being out of the NHL, and of course he gets injured right away. I mean, it just it just sucks, you know. Yeah, well, he plays for the Canadians, so obviously he would get injured. But uh, yeah, it's, it's hey, unfortunate. At least he got the game in Ottawa, which was nice. Which it's yeah. it's it's nice for him to he got he got to do that. But like he, he if he never plays for the Canadians again, which could happen, I mean he's gonna go down with having a pretty solid like nine twenty save percentage in his career as a Montreal Canadian. It's pretty solid. It's pretty decent. Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, like you know, obviously the Habs went out to get him so that you know they didn't have to keep Primo in Montreal and you know let and him focus in Laval. Now, and now, and now he's, he's back in Montreal. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, the the what we didn't talk about. So basically, the McNiven ended up going to Calgary. It sounds like it might be like like it was part of the of the pit of uh, not the pit like the the Toffoli trade, but McNiven was injured at the time, and I mean obviously a minor trade in the grand scheme of things. But we've talked a lot about McNiven on on this podcast and how like generally like we don't defend players that complain about their situation, but uh, McNiven had every reason to complain, and I I really hope he gets more of an opportunity in the, in Calgary. No, for sure. No, he definitely had uh, had a rough go of it here in Montreal and well in the organization as a whole. And, and yeah, I mean, definitely wish wish the best for him. Hopefully he gets a chance and in, uh, in uh, well in Stockton there with the with their AHL team. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess sort of bad timing, though. I mean, I think the day after McNiven got hurt. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> McNiven got traded. Yeah. But not that they, they ever like really. Like they 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 kept playing like even um, Primo when they should have been calling up McNiven. But uh, anyways, uh, what uh, he's gone and like we said, well we we wish him uh, we wish him uh, all the best. So and uh, the the next play I think that's worth talking about though is uh, and that's who I was kind of hinting to when I was talking about. So obviously with the trade deadline coming up, I mean unfortunately there hasn't been. I think we're all excited to hear about the trades coming up, all the same rumors around Sherratt and all that. But there's been a lot of talk around uh, Lekkonen, who now has been on absolute fire in the last few games with uh, six goals in five games, if I'm not mistaken, just absolutely killing it. And 
No, we we joked earlier in the year, and like you mentioned that Lekkonen would go for a first, and I kind of I didn't didn't think so, and I think at this point I was definitely wrong about that. The way he's been playing, I think we the Canadians can definitely get a first for him. But now I'm even thinking like, do we want to move on from 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 Lekkonen? Like the way he's been playing, like what if he's finding his offensive game under Saint Louis? It continues to be an elite defensive player, and like it, like I'm not saying like finding like. If Lekkonen can average like 15 to 20 goals a season, as an, he 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 becomes a a, a a tremendous asset for an NHL team because of the way he plays defensively on top of it. Like I don't know if I want to get rid of him at this point. Yeah, it's it's definitely tough, but uh, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, we saw this in in his I think it was his rookie season, right? He scored 18 goals with the Canadians, and it looked like you know he could be an absolute stud, and and obviously didn't pan out. He's you know, he seems to get that scoring touch back now. I mean, he, you know, there's a reason why so many teams want him, um, you know, because he is such a, such a fantastic player, but, you know, I, I think it's going to depend on the return. Obviously, you know, it, it would have to be a team overpaying, you know, it, it, I'd be looking for a first round pick, of course. And then well, first you know, round you might... plus at this point, like, yeah, do, do, no, for do, sure. do you want a late first round pick for, for Lekkonen? Like, like I'd rather have Lekkonen than like the 28th overall pick that hopefully yes. pans out to be as good as Lekkonen, you know? And it's like he's young. It sounds like the team is not looking to do like a full rebuild. They want players, you know, with with speed that work hard to build around. Like Lekkonen's exactly the type of guy that they want. I mean, him and Pitlick together on the wings, maybe Dvorak in the middle. Like, I, like I, I, I don't hate that for a third line at all, you know? Like, like I don't know. I, I – I don't know, the more I think about it, the more I want to hold on to him. But, but of course, of course, anyone is available if someone wants to overpay. Like if Edmonton calls us and says they want uh, uh, they, they want uh, Nick Suzuki for Connor McDavid, McDavid, I'm not saying no. Like obviously anyone is, is tradable for the right price, but I just don't think anyone's going to pay what I think is enough for Arturi Lekkinen. I really don't. Yeah, but the thing too, though, is is and you know Marco D'Amico uh, said this on Twitter today. Um, you know, pointed out that. Okay, if you do keep him, he's you're gonna have to sign him. Well, okay, he's an RFA at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. He's got one year left before becoming a UFA. You know, you we often, you know, to 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 see how what exactly we could get for Lekkonen, we compare it to guys to to returns like uh, like Barkley Goodrow and uh, and Blake Coleman. I think last year where he where he got a first round pick and and I, and I think it was Nolan Foot, so a decent prospect. Uh, but at the same time, if if you don't trade him, then you know, he, Arturi Lekkinen is going to basically be looking at their contracts as a comparison. You could probably even argue the way that he's playing lately that he could get more than, than a guy like Coleman. So you might be looking at a contract like over 4 million for sure, maybe four and a half, five million. Do you want to pay Arturi Lekkinen who's okay? He has 13 goals this year, but aside from his first round or his first season, he scored 12, 11, 13, and seven last year. Do you really want to be paying that guy? Now, obviously, he's one of the best defensive wingers in the NHL. But do you want to be paying that guy $5 million a season, probably for the next five or six years even? I don't know. Does does he get that much money from uh, – like his, I, I know who you're comparing him to and all that. But but then – because, like, would you sign him then just to a one-year deal after – like, is there a rush to trade him this year? Or do you hold on hold on to him for another year? Or I, I I don't know I mean it's 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 a it's a good point it's a good question and it's not like the the Canadians at, at this point too if you look at the the cap friendly situation 
if there's something the Canadians aren't lacking is it's depth on the wing, right? Of, of all the things that need to be fixed, that's one thing where you know they, they they don't they don't look too bad. So do you need to spend another four or five million on a guy like Lekkinen when you're already paying? You know, will the Canadians be able to get rid of contracts for for Mike Hoffman and and Josh Anderson or Gallagher is probably going to stay on the books. So no, it's it, it no, it's a fair argument for, for the right price, but I don't know. His his value is never going to be this high. Like, I mean, you don't I, think I don't his think values? So. Ever, you don't think it'll be as high? I guess as RFA. Yeah, it has to be for the right right price though. Like yeah. I really like if it, if it's a first round pick and not just like a like a whatever prospect, like a, a legit prospect, then maybe maybe. But then, are you ever gonna get anything that's as good as Lekkonen from that package? Like I don't know. But you know, it's it, it's a good point. It's a good point. With the money, you have to make it work. And so you you think the the, the highest value is gonna highest his value is gonna be is at the trade deadline, not in the off season, not next year's trade deadline. Depending on the contract he gets, it's really this trade deadline is as high as his value is going to go. Oh yeah, I, I mean I think so. I think you know there's a lot of teams that 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 are apparently looking at Lekkinen, and and understandably so. I mean he was he was very good in last year's playoffs too. So I mean you know the the way that he plays, I mean that that sort of def- I mean, obviously he's not well. Even in last year's playoffs, he didn't have a whole lot of points and in that. But he's he's on fire right now. And I mean, he had the goal though. He had the goal. He did. He did have the goal. But uh, but you know, I mean, especially with the way the way that he's playing now, and he's always had been that had that amazing defensive defensive awareness and and great at killing penalties and that. So I mean, no, I, I think now before the playoff run, a team would would love to get Lekin, and that's for sure. And and like his contract's not too bad. You could probably fit him in yeah. under under for a lot of teams. So yeah, no, it it makes sense. And like I said, anyone is tradable for the right price. But yeah, a team is is better be willing to to pay like a really solid price if they want if they want to take like like an uh, off our ends. And and it sounds like the team's not actively shopping him, right? They're 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 open to to people kind of like making offers. Obviously, they're not going to hang up on people, but they're not actively shopping him. So yeah, and like after talking about Armia, now I'm like. Like if Armia wasn't on the books, and I know because I know, I could be wrong, he might be impossible to move. And if Armia wasn't on the books, then I wouldn't be as concerned about paying Lekin in a few million. Same thing like a guy like Hoffman, Hoffman who had the, the other day like the quietest I think it was a four point night I've ever seen. Like he played atrocious in the first, and then ended the game with four points. He's, he's that type of guy, you know that he he racks up points on games where he looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, yeah, you know. but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I, th- I think the Canadians have, uh, have other guys that they're, that they're going to be moving. I mean, I don't think they, they definitely don't seem, you know, they're, they're not, he's not one of the guys that definitely has to be moved. You know, the, I don't think they necessarily want to move him, but, uh, but I mean, like, you know, like you said, like, like with anybody, they'll, they'll be open to, uh, to, to hearing offers for sure. I, I think the only definites are Sherat and Kulak. I feel, I feel like there's, there's no way that those two make it past the trade. That like, especially Sherat and and Kulak. I mean, people were talking about him on on Twitter and all this. Advanced stats are actually looking pretty good. Like, the, I I think if he does does get traded, Kulak, I think will end up being one of the most underrated players. And because he's weirdly forgettable, you know, like it's 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 easy to forget he's been part of this team for so long. You know, like I don't know, I I don't know how to explain it. Like I don't have like an attachment to Kulak. But it's his fourth fourth season in Montreal, and he's played a lot of games for the Canadians, and he's always yeah. been pretty solid. 
but yeah, uh, yeah I mean, pretty much, pretty much no, no matter where you play him. I mean, and he, he's even played a little bit on both sides too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, he's, he's always reliable, you know, very rarely is, is he going to make a, a huge mistake that's really going to cost the Canadians. And, you know, he, he's, he's decent defensively. He can make a good first pass. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, for a team that's looking for like, you know, a, th- a third pairing defenseman, I mean, I think he'd be a fantastic addition for sure. But you're not getting a lot, right? You're getting what, like a third, no. third round pick for him or something. It's, 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 it's really Sherratt that's going to bring in the the most assets. Like, so, so, so if you were to predict, like, the, how many moves are we going to see? Is it just going to be Sherratt and, and Kulak, like I just said, or do you, do you, if you had to put money on it, you think Lekkonen's getting moved too or someone else? I think, I think if they find a place for like, like a guy like like Perot, although he's been injured a lot, like even if it's just for like a seventh round pick, just to let him go go for a cup or whatever, maybe maybe a move like that happens. But uh, yeah, I know. mean, Sherratt Sh- is is definitely you know a one hundred percent slam dunk, no no questions asked. Yeah. I will be very upset if uh, all of a sudden, no, he's not moving and we're re-signing him for like six million a year. I will be very upset. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I think I think Kulak is is pretty much gone um you know i, I definitely think he'll get moved i think matt Matt's your Peru, yeah you, you I, I think you could pro a team would probably you know just take a chance on him for a yeah, seventh for, round like, pick for, yeah, for dirt cheap right like I, it's just like yeah you were a good guy uh, you, you you were a good teammate for the few games you played here you got your fun hat trick in montreal and uh go go have some fun somewhere else like i'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to do that for him you know yeah i mean maybe Maybe a Chris Weidman. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but that that's it's you're not getting much for 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 Weidman either. Yeah, probably like a sixth round pick. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, aside from that, I mean, I don't. I I really think like Lekkinen, I I is is fifty fifty. I think. Um, you know, I I. But it sounds I mean, like if if it was up to you, you would definitely move him. I would do it. Yeah. I, I would do it, uh, you know, it, and again, I mean, yeah, I'm not just going to give them away. Uh, it, it has to be a first round pick and a decent prospect. Um, you know, I don't think you're not going to get like a, a, a great prospect, of course, but I mean, you know, I, th- I think you get a decent prospect. Um, and yeah, if, if we could get that, then, then definitely I would make that move. Uh, but aside from that, I mean, you know, there, there's, there's been, uh, been some talk about Jeff Petrie, of yeah. course. Yeah. It really sounds, uh, Jeff Petrie really seems more like an off season move, but I mean, it, it, it's, and it seems like even though Petrie's talked about being more happy with, uh, under St. Louis, I mean, he hasn't said it in so many words, but it's pretty clear that he is, uh, they, they keep, uh, they keep being pretty honest about it, that for the right move, he's getting moved. Like he's getting traded away. It's just whether it's at the deadline or in the off season, really. Yeah, so, well, I guess we might as well touch on the Twitter question, uh, or one of the Twitter questions that we got. Uh, so this one from Brandon Betton, uh, so at BBGunner19 on Twitter. Uh, what's your take on possibly moving Petrie to Dallas for Klingberg and a pick? Dallas gets a replacement with Term on the right side, and Habs can either re-up Klingberg, don't think they should, or let him go to free agency. Could be a conditional first if he goes to UFA. Thoughts? Um, you know, a well, I get like I I don't think Klingberg makes a whole lot of sense for the Canadians, but again, I mean, we yeah, talked no, about this before. I, that... I I don't understand the logic of this trade. Like, why wouldn't Dallas just move Klingberg? Like, if what they want is the term on Petrie to replace Klingberg, then why don't they just move Klingberg to a a team going on a run and get some picks? Like, I never understood the logic of I get Petrie going to Dallas, but why would the Canadians 
take Klingberg. It doesn't make any sense. Unless it's to make another trade right away after and get more assets. And if they want to do that, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that could make sense. I mean, Petrie or uh, Dallas apparently is interested in him, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about like the Klingberg. Yeah. Cause it would make, it wouldn't make a lot of sense for Klingberg to finish the, the season with the Canadians. I don't think, no, I mean, unless the Canadians really wanted to keep Klingberg. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe that could make some sense. Obviously, you know, the Canadians could use a right-handed defenseman, especially a puck moving right-handed defenseman. Um, but again, I mean, it's sort of like what you said before. I, I really, I mean, I don't, I think this is definitely Petrie's last year with the Habs, but to me, it, it just seems like more of an off season deal. Um, yeah, but I, I, I doubt, and I think the Canadian, especially with the way that he's playing lately, since, uh, Martin St. Louis come back, I mean, I definitely think, uh, you know, they, they can get a pretty solid return from him, especially with his cap number, but, Man, but he has such a bad turnover yesterday. He's still making some boneheaded mistakes though. Yeah, he, he, he's still he's still not 100 percent like he's playing better and like he he's he seems to care a little bit compared to like because he was he was get like we talked about it right he was getting into last season in Montreal Max Pacioretty territory right like like he he was really souring his time in Montreal the way he was playing but and and, and it's turned around and I think like I said earlier I think everyone forgives how people played uh, under under Jusham, uh because it, it seems like it was bad but he still hasn't been like like 100% the Jeff Petrie we've known and loved for the last few years. Yeah, but let, let, let's not forget, like even when Jeff Petrie has been at his best, he's always yeah. he's he's always had those brain farts. Fair enough. On a on a semi regular basis. Fair enough. So, you know, I mean, he's he's definitely seemed to have turned it around. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I I'd be all for it. You know, if if we can move move him to Dallas and get a solid return, but. You know, again, I, I think during the season, it's probably a little bit more complicated. It probably ends up getting done, you know, at, at the draft or something like that. And it, and it sounds like the the, the, the sellers, like, want to get the, the, the trades going, but, like, teams just can't. And I don't know, there doesn't seem to be a lot of teams that can fit players into the cap, and I think it's a big reason why Ben Chirot being just $3.5 million is, 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 is seen as such a huge uh, you like huge you get in in uh, in free agency. It's just it feels like like I know there's still a few weeks away, but I feel like in the last like in in the last few years of free of uh not free agency but the trade deadline, you usually see more trades leading up to the trade de- deadline. We did get the Tyler Toffoli trade, but I don't know. It's just uh, we keep hearing rumors, but nothing is happening. I'm getting antsy. Also, I feel like the trade deadline is much later in the schedule than it usually is. I'm like, am I crazy? Like, is it is it usually uh, well, so? No, it's usually like the first. The first week of uh, of March, so I guess like uh, it's about like two two and a half weeks later this year, and I'm assuming that's probably because of COVID. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I forget what insider said it. Uh, it might have been Pierre LeBrun who basically said like it's it's super quiet, or actually it might have been Gord Miller, but they, they were saying that you know it's super quiet that like basically nobody's talking at this point. There's no no even trades that are like sort of imminent. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe, I don't, yeah, it's, it's sort of weird. I mean, you know, but I don't know if it has to do with there being like a lot of buyers and, and teams are just sort of waiting, but I mean, one thing though, that it could sort of open the gates, especially for a guy like Sherrod and some of the, some of the defensemen is, uh, is Rasmus Ristolainen signing today True. in Philly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so some people were thinking that could sort of potentially open up the floodgates soon. Uh, because yeah, the the sooner that we can move Sherratt and not have him get injured, that would I know, be, like he got a puck to the face a few games ago, and it just 
stress me out so much, you know? Like, that's the most, like, as much as it's, like, so fun to watch the Canadians right now, because it's actually fun to watch. The, the, the way they play is fun. The, the kids are playing a lot, and they're playing well. And you can just kind of root for them to, to and, and there's like no pressure, right? They're not, they're not win or lose. Like when we're in overtime, it's like, yeah, if we win, fine. If we don't, whatever. Like it's not like it's going to make or break making their playoffs. But Ben Chirot, like doing anything that seems like could get him injured is the only thing that's stressing me out watching the Canadians <laughs> because it's, it's so important for the future of this franchise that the, that we, we get the, the proper kind of like return for, for 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 Ben Sherrod, it's it's part of the whole thing, right? Like, because uh, it, it sounds like it's not going to be like a five year rebuild, but like what what helps not doing a five year rebuild is having a season with like three first round picks and a, and a few extra prospects. That 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 makes you be able to be be a bit quicker with the with the rebuild. So you definitely want to lose that. Like, I'm very close to being like, can we just bench him? Like, is is he had that game where he scored two goals, including the OT winner? Ben Sherrod's value is not getting higher than that. It's it's at an all-time high. <laughs> there's there's really no need for him to play more games. Yeah, we should have benched him right after that. Totally. You know, I love that I love that he did that against Calgary too, who are apparently like, very interested in him. That's true. We should have traded him right there on the spot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and to your point about Lekin, it's kind of the same thing, right? He's trade him when when he's on a hot streak. Uh so yeah, yeah, maybe that is the move. All right, well, we'll see what happens. Hopefully he comes soon. And Because uh, I just, I don't know, I want trades. I want trades, and I want them now. Uh, so, I mean, we are, so we touched on the other, on the first Twitter question. We also had another one. Uh, well, I mean, we've already sort of touched on this anyway. So it's uh, from John at the Eagle Dare. So, uh, so one of our friends at From Failing Hands podcast. Uh, so thoughts on the Martin saint we effect. I mean, well, I mean, what, I mean it's what, pretty what much what the entire podcast has been about. <laughs> <laughs> so, but i mean like, like yeah, he's, he's gonna think we got the entire idea for the podcast from him now because from that question <laughs> because you just brought it up at, at, at the end um uh, but i mean what, what, what can you say what can you say it's just I mean, I mean it's clear the team loves playing for him they're having fun and they're playing just so much better and there's there, there's a clear like the t- i don't think the players respected Dushan, and they clearly respect santa Luis so much yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, again, Duchamp, like, I mean, first of all, Martin said, we, okay, we, we all know he didn't really have any coaching experience whatsoever, but, but, you know, I mean, he's a Hall of Fame player. He's one of the best players of the, oh, exactly. of the 2000s. You know, Duchamp, like, I've, I've, I've said it a million times. I said it basically when, it, when he was, right when he was hired, he didn't have any pro experience before, right? Yeah. I mean, okay, he was the assistant coach under, uh, under Julien, but like, you know, I mean, what? Yeah, he he really didn't command the respect, and you know, I mean, the the kid, he obviously he he lost the room pretty fast. How they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals with with him as the coach, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think we'll ever know, but I, I think I think a big part of it too is that it is is Duchamp's inability to adapt, right? It, it's just, it, I mean, maybe teams didn't pick up on what his strategy was, like quickly enough in the in the playoffs and clearly they're playing for Shea Weber and, and Carey Price let's make let's, let's let's be clear in the playoffs they didn't care about Jusham being there but like he he is the, the, he's the worst the thing I hate the most about a coach is a coach that is stuck in his own system and think that's the way that you win games and can't adapt to the players he has and and St. Louis is the complete opposite of that you know because he was a skilled player 
And and it, it, we've seen it often that the, the former player doesn't work as a coach, but St. Louis is clearly someone that, that gets the game of hockey. And even though he didn't have coaching experience in the NHL, it's becoming more and more clear that he I'm sure he was a leader in his times in the NHL. And, and you know, the, the, the leaders in the room often kind of play the role of coach a little bit, right? Like like the, the, the type of guys that are that go to the bench and like talk talk to the young players and tell them what to do in the next shift and all that. So it, it's really showing us that like sometimes experience at the NHL level for years is maybe more valuable than even the, you know, the, the coaching experience and in, 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 in junior, if you don't have that, also that NHL experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of people laugh when they hired Martin saint Louis with, with no experience whatsoever, basically had a bit of, uh, like, what was it? Peewee experience or something. Yeah, but yeah. Obviously it's, uh, the Habs are the ones that are getting the last laugh right now and, uh, looking like a genius hire and, and really a genius first move by, uh, by Hugo. Yeah, yeah, by Hugo, yeah, uh, and like he, for sure he gets the, he gets a contract, right? Like at this point. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure, like, for sure. It's just there's yeah. just like no way like he he doesn't, and it's it's it, and even the way he like when he, his press conferences and all that, like the way he handles the media, and I mean it's it, I, I guess it, he's a bit in the honeymoon honeymoon phase and things are going well, so it's a bit easier. So only time will tell. Like when 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 there's gonna be cold streaks, you know, there's gonna be a losing streak at some point, but. I don't know. It's uh, it's good, and he's doing all this without Carey Price. Like, if Carey Price comes back healthy next season, and the right moves are made in the off season and all that, the, 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 this team could be significantly better. Like, and won't be Have much more the than cup. God, winning the cup. Okay, there you go. So it's not a cup. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, uh, I mean, thanks for the Twitter questions. Like I said, as always, at uh, the Habs Forum on Twitter uh, to ask us those questions. And the, the other bit of news that happened is uh, Adam Nicholas was hired as director of hockey development. And I mean, truth be told, I don't know much about uh, who who he is and what he's done in, in, in the past. But just the fact that they're making these types of moves and hiring people for hockey development, it's just I don't know. It's stuff that clearly was lacking in the previous way the team was was run. That's what's oh, for sure. I mean, that you know that that's one of the things that uh, that Ken Hughes said when he came in was that you know they wanted to focus on development and 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 you know we even like like stat advanced stats and stuff like that. So I mean, you know th- this is definitely a a step in the right direction. Um, you know, I mean he's. He uh, before working or being had with the Canadians, he was working with the Chicago Steel, which was the team that uh, that Habs 2020 fourth rounder uh, Sean Farrell played for. So, you know, is that that obviously helps, too. And the Chicago Steel have had a fantastic program, really. Um, so, I mean, you know, it definitely seems like a great hire. And then, you know, I mean, they ha- they have to focus on development because obviously that's something that the Canadians have not been doing very well over the last absolutely decade, two decades even. So, yeah, I mean, it's good to see them focusing on it more. Uh, and, you know, hopefully hopefully it pays its dividends in the, in the next couple of years. All right. I mean, good, good stuff. And like you said, like only, only time will tell, but uh, speaking of player developments, talk about some prospects and I, I'm sure we've talked about them before this year, but it's just every time if you're subscribed to anyone that, that covers the Habs on Habs Twitter uh, or follow, I should say not subscribe, but 
Joshua Roy, it's like every day seems to be scoring like three more goals or getting like uh, two more beautiful assists. It's just, and it just, it just, I don't know. Is this, like, is this real? Like, I just, I don't want to get too excited about this player because he just seems like an absolute steal. And I, and I know I've heard about like the, the attitude problems and maybe the conditioning problems. Maybe he wasn't happy where he was before, but now the, the, for the, what was he a fifth round pick for the Montreal Canadiens? Like, if we're redrafting today, where does this kid get drafted? I mean, he's he's first in the queue by a decent margin. I, I believe he's first. Uh, I think he's 12 points above second place. He's got 40 or uh, in 41 games. He's got 79 points, 29 goals. Um, you know, it, I mean, if they first of all, if we were going to redraft right now, I, I would have to think that he'd be a first round pick. Um, you know, he was the first overall pick back in, I believe. Uh, 2019 uh, in the queue, in the queue yeah. and and yeah, like you were touching on, he was drafted by St. John. Um, he had some some attitude issue. He wasn't happy with the team there. He wasn't happy with with the role that he was getting. Um, you know, there's some rumors, maybe some uh, had some conditioning issues, but basically, ever since he got traded to Sherbrooke about halfway through last season, I mean, he's, he had a great end to last season. He had 20, uh, 18 points in 20 games, and and this season again, I mean, almost on a two two point per game pace six. I, I think he's up to 16 point, uh, a 16 game point streak now. I mean, he's, he's looking certainly like the real deal. I mean, maybe a little bit of a blade blade bloomer. He looked at, you know, he obviously didn't get his junior career off to, uh, off to a great start, but I mean, he's looking like an absolute steal right now. So, I mean, he's got great vision, you know, he's, he's got decent size too. He's six foot, uh, 190 pounds. I mean, he's, he's looking like the real deal. I mean, the Canadians, you know, they had a pretty good draft in the queue this year. I mean, they have their, they drafted three forwards out of the queue and those guys in, in obviously in the 2021 draft. And uh, those three guys were in the top 12 of scoring. So, and, and obviously led by Joshua. Watt. But I'm assuming he's one of those guys that he really has to crack a top, top six, or he's not going to play in the NHL. Is, is that the kind of situation here? Uh, I mean, well, apparently he's, he's really turned around sort of his two way game. So, you know, he's, he's obviously worked on his two way game, but he's, you know, he, he's obviously a guy that can put up a lot of points and, and potentially could put up some points in the NHL. Um, I don't know that, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be the, the most complete 200 foot player, but, uh, but by all accounts, he's, he's, he's sort of turned it around and, and he's playing, playing better defensively this season, something that he's obviously been working on. And if the Canadians finally, get a late round steal from Quebec. Like, like that would be so amazing because maybe the talking heads could shut up about it, you know? Cause like, like every time it happens and then like a, a random, like fifth rounder or, or like, or, or, or someone who was picked late in the second and then, Oh, we should have picked him over this guy that we picked like 20 picks before that. No other team would have picked over this guy. You know, if the Canadians can finally get that one guy, that, that, that'd just be great. Just to be able to point back at him whenever that, that gets brought up in, in the future, like let alone the fact, obviously it's, it's, it's great for him to, to make it and just to, to have a good player on the team, but just, just for that, that'd be great. Oh, for sure. Hopefully. And I mean, looking pretty good right now. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I would imagine the Canadians are probably going to sign him in the off season and, you know, he'll, uh, I would imagine go back to Sherbrooke again next season. And, 
I mean, he's, he's, he's definitely on fire. I mean, Sherbrooke's one of the better teams in the queue. Um, they probably won't have as good of a team maybe next year, as seeing as they're losing two of their best players, Fair but enough. that are overagers. But, uh, but I know, I mean, he's having a great season and he's looking like an absolute steal right now. And I mean, if he can keep doing it, I mean, yeah, he, he could be a, a great addition to the Habs and obviously being a Quebec born player, all the better. Of course, of course. It's 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 great to be able to be excited about uh, about a guy like that. Like it's always more exciting when it's like a late round because it's like there's no there's no like pressure. Like if it doesn't actually work out, you know, it's like ah well, it was a fifth round pick, and it's not like a first round pick doing well. Like you expect them to do well, but the fifth round guy, it's just it's like it's like found money basically. And uh, yeah. also a side note before uh, we talk about a little bit more prospects. Uh, I'm just keeping an eye on on the NHL scoreboards, and the Coyotes are currently beating the Maple Leafs two nothing. And I just, you just love to see it. Is there anything better that can happen to the Canadians than the Coyotes winning against the Leafs? And I just wanted to to bring that up. It's just beautiful to see. And it's still early in the game; you never know. But uh, if uh, the Coyotes can could pad that uh, that cushion on on, on the Habs, that'd be great. While beating the Leafs on top of it, but. Uh, uh, yeah, so we, we keep hearing about Joshua Roy constantly. Like I said, he's all over Twitter. Uh, any other exciting prospects worth uh, worth mentioning in the in the last uh, last little bit? I mean, it's been a, it's been a pretty good couple of weeks. I mean, uh, obviously Joshua was on fire right now. Um, Jakob Dobish, uh, who was a 2020 fifth rounder goaltender, uh, plays at Ohio State. He was named to the uh, he was he's a Mike Richter semifinalist, so that's uh, the best goaltender in the NCAA. Uh, I wouldn't imagine he's going to win it because there's a couple of goalies with some ridiculous stats, but um, obviously great. Uh, he's a freshman season. I mean, he he was fantastic this season. And Jordan Harris was earlier this week. Yeah, it was it was this week. He was named uh, Hockey East, which is the division that he or well the conference that he plays in. He was a defensive defenseman of the year. Um, so that's that's great. I mean, obviously, all eyes are going to be on Jordan Harris over the next month or so. Is he going to sign with the Canadians? Is he is he not? Uh, it's good. It's going to be interesting to, for sure to see. And uh, yeah, as as far as the Rocket go and the and the Lions, I mean, both teams are playing pretty good. The Rocket just yesterday with a win, uh, or no, their last uh, it was yesterday. Yeah, they won seven to two against Rochester, and that put them into second spot in their division. Uh, they're playing some really great hockey as of late. With and backed by Kevin Poulain of all goaltenders. Yeah, he loved to. Good for him, man. Good for. We talked about it because he let in that like terrible goal, and I think it was in preseason still. Yep. Yeah, it was in the in the preseason, and then uh, then then we went to the to the Lions home opener, and he got absolutely lit up. True. Right. Right. (laughs) And I mean, he was the he was the AHL goalie of the month last year. So great turnaround. Last last month, you mean? Yeah, last month. Yeah. What did I say last year? Last, last year. month. And uh, in the Lions, too, I mean, they're in a playoff spot as well. They're currently sitting in third. They have been struggling a little bit lately because of, I mean, well, the injuries to the Canadians, but also the injuries, some injuries to the Rockets. So they've they've been basically signing random players left, right, and center. <laughs> but they're, yeah, they're that, hanging that, around. That, that's running an ECHL team. Oh, it's, it's good to hear. It's good to hear that the – that the, the those teams are uh, are doing well at least. And uh, before we sign off here, something I, f- I forgot to we forgot to talk about a little bit because we didn't really talk about the upcoming games. Uh, it was more about how they've done under Saint Louis. But finally, Saturday, kind of an unofficial home opener for the Canadians. It's the first full arena game in 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 a very long time in uh, in Montreal uh, against uh, against the Kraken. And I was I was looking over Twitter. 
while you were talking, you know, in case there's anything breaks while we're doing it. And someone mentioned, now I haven't back checked this. I'm just going to assume this person on Twitter, a random person is telling the truth, that this is the first time that Alex Romanov, who has 107 NHL games, is going to play in front of a packed Bell Center. Oh, really? Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, that's a good point. And I mean, and you know. The way he's going to be throwing around the body. Exactly. You know he's the type of guy that feeds off the crowd, right? Like, like, like what if we haven't seen that part of Romanov yet, right? Because the moment he lays down a big hit and the crowd goes absolutely wild, you just know he's gonna have a like like uh, like he's got all of a sudden get a speed burst and just just be all over the ice. Now you, you hope he's he's one of those guys that can contain his emotions and not go a little too crazy when he gets excited about it. But yeah, uh, pretty uh, pretty hyped for it. Pretty pretty excited to see how that. I mean, I, I expect a big win against Seattle against Seattle especially first first home game with a with a full crowd. You, you got to think they're gonna come come out flying. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, a guaranteed guaranteed win. Guarantee, a, a Dustin guarantee. A Dustin guarantee. I mean, I'm always. I mean, I was right about Lekkinen. I was right about. Uh, yeah, if you say nonsense constantly, you're obviously gonna be right about some stuff. Okay. So okay, just, well, tell me something I was wrong about. See, like I don't. I don't hold on to every word you say. Okay. Like I just it's in in one ear out the other. So I can't think of anything right now. But I know there's been plenty. I know. There, I just know. And. Uh, I just we're gonna have to do do just go back in the podcast. We'll pay someone, one of our, we'll pay one of our bigger from fans to go back in the podcast and find all the times you've been wrong, just just so I can shove it in your face. <laughs> all right, so that does it. So we'll be uh, we'll, hopefully it won't be a month between podcasts. Well, we'll for sure for sure when trades happen, we're gonna do uh we're gonna do another episode. And uh, I mean, not not a, not exactly a, a home stretch because it's one game in Se- uh, one game at home against Seattle, then in Philly the next day, but then six games in a row at home, including one against Arizona. I mean, this is where the team could really go on a winning streak, which does stress out some players. But I don't know, some fun hockey to look forward to. I mean, all these home games, I I can't wait to to, to hear the crowd. I'm so and I'm so excited to be going to one of these games to hear the crowd go nuts for uh for the Canadians. It's it's just it's just so fun to be able to be excited about. About the Habs again, but uh, yeah, I think that does it. And like, am I forgetting anything? Is there anything else you wanted to cover? No, no I think that's about it. I mean, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be back uh, maybe next week with a podcast. And I don't know, maybe I will see. don't make any promises, Dustin. Uh, right, but it, de- it definitely can't be like another three or four weeks. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. Hey, a trade's gonna happen soon. So once the trade happens, we're definitely gonna be back on to talk about it. But like I always say. At the Habs Forum on Twitter. That's the best way to know when the next podcast drops. Uh, as always, thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next time.